Danielle Houston. I'm the host of the podcast, The Checkup. Thank you for checking in with us today. I have a special guest here in my office who is here from the East Coast. She was here in Seattle this morning to do a great leave seminar for us. And if you're human resources, if you're connected to benefits in any way, leave and the changing laws might be making your hair a little more gray than it was this time last year. But we're basically going to start with another episode to pick up where our three-part series left off the end of 2018. Marjorie Robertson, also from Sun Life, sat with me at the end of the year, and we did a really great foundational walkthrough on what Washington Paid Family Leave was going to be looking like and what we knew at that point. So if you haven't listened to that, those three episodes lay a lot of great groundwork like we outlined in those episodes, there was going to be a lot changing over the coming months, and that has indeed been the case. So we're going to do an update, what has changed, what we know today, and it's probably safe to say that a lot will change between now and December as well. So Abby O'Connell from Sun Life is here, and she's going to be driving most of this because, frankly, I'm learning along with everyone else, and Abby is an expert in this area, and I will let you introduce yourself. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and talk about my favorite topic, leave law. <laughs> I'm a labor and employment attorney for Sun Life Financial, and there's been so much activity in this area of the law federally and also across the states and certain municipalities. It's a bit of a moving target as rulemaking continues to be underway in the great state of Washington, but excited to be here and talk about it. Well, thank you. We need the expertise. The seminar this morning was great. And for people that maybe couldn't make it into Seattle for one reason or another, we're going to do our best to summarize here. And we'll have some materials available for download, or you can always request from you know one of your advisors here at Propel. But let's start with federal, because you know if, if we only look at Washington State, we're missing a much more complicated picture, right? Sure, yeah. So it's been really interesting. This past presidential cycle has been the first time in our country's history where both sides of the aisle are talking about the importance of paid family and medical leave. So today in existence at the federal level, there is a tax credit available for employers who are proactively providing paid family and medical leave. It's Representative Deb Fisher's tax credit. We also have proposals on both sides of the aisle for federal PFML plans, and those are interesting and something that we're following at Sun Life. We have the Family Act proposed by the Democrats. That would be a paid family medical leave mandate for many, many employees across the country. And then you have a Republican plan that entails some borrowing from Social Security disability for people who want to take paid family and medical leave. So it'll be interesting to see where everything lands, but I don't foresee a passage of paid family medical leave at the federal level in our imminent future. Not yet. Not yet. Even though there's a bipartisan issue there, huh? There's a bipartisan issue, and I think the main conflict is how to pay for it. Very different opinions there. 
So it'll be interesting to see who ends up prevailing. Well, I appreciate that the government is contemplating deeply how yes. we pay for these things, right? And then you've mentioned this, Marjorie mentioned this, and there a lot has changed in the last six months. Who are the other states that have either passed or are really pushing hard to get something done at the state level if the feds aren't gonna do it? Sure, that's a great question. So for the first time, we've had over 20 states since January 1st have proposed legislation in this area. Colorado came very close to passing a PFML bill. They actually had a supermajority of Democrats and it ended up getting defeated because there was a lot of noise from the business community about the cost. Connecticut just passed PFML as of Friday, so May 31st. Very yes, very new. I haven't even updated my decks yet. <laughs> And then we have the passage of PFML in, in Massachusetts as well, with benefits starting in that state January 1st, 2021. So a lot there going on, but the newest state to pass is Connecticut, and Massachusetts and Washington have laws. As a baseline, uh, California, Hawaii has disability insurance only, mandatory disability, but California, New Jersey, New York, and Rhode Island all have paid family medical leave programs up and running today. Okay. In Connecticut, did they pass family leave and medical? Yes. Okay. So Connecticut passed a paid family and medical leave act. It just passed on Friday, so it'll be interesting to see how it develops. But there, I know there is a private plan option, so there's going to be an opportunity for people to outsource those to a TPA. Yeah, because if you're an employer and you've got employees across the country, you have to be paying attention to this, and you're either doing different things for different states or you're working to consolidate in some way and do it, do something that makes sense. Yes, and with each of these laws, there's their own notice provisions and paperwork and workplace posters. So it, it is a very complicated patchwork as of today. I think employers are running out of wall space for the yes. posters, by the way. We need to come up with a new way. You're going to have to have a magnifying glass <laughs> on a string in your break room. Something. <laughs> yeah, something. So where does Washington State stand in all of this? So Washington actually amended their paid family medical leave law in April. And so that was interesting. And, and some of the things that they amended about the law was that they made it very clear that employers can top up or pay in addition to the state benefit to pay employees up to their pre-leave earnings. So that was a little bit murky and the first pass of the law, but it's been clarified that there's a right to supplement the state benefits. And that's good because I have clients and I'm sure there are a lot of people that will listen to this where you know they're already providing really generous benefits that if the original state language would have stayed in place, you'd have to tell your people, I'm sorry, we can't actually replace 100% or 75% of your income anymore. You're gonna be stuck at what the state. Yeah, and it's gonna, it, it would have appeared to be a loss for those employees. Um, yes. So I think, it, I think that is a good change. They also clarified that the waiting period begins after the employee takes a minimum claim duration of eight consecutive hours. A lot of the changes were just clarifying they made clarifications on calculating the benefit amount and um, how collection works under voluntary plans if an employee is working for two different employers, with each with their own voluntary plan. So no major changes, a lot of clarification. Okay. So that's the law change. Um, Can you clarify on the eight hours piece? Because I think that one is interesting. Can you explain, maybe give an example of what that looks like? Sure. So the waiting period for benefits in Washington is seven consecutive calendar days. 
but they've made clear that you actually have to take leave for eight consecutive hours to begin to have that waiting period began. So if you took Monday off to care for your mother, the following Monday would be the first time that you could take a paid benefit because you'd have to wait those seven days. And so the minimum, the minimum amount of time that you have to miss is eight consecutive hours. So you have to miss a full eight hour period. So if you only work four hours a day, mm -hmm. you would have to miss two days of work to start the waiting period. Which that could be an incentivizing factor for people to say, well, instead of taking just half the day off to go for my medical appointment or whatever, go yes. ahead and take the full day off. Yeah. yeah, it'll have interesting implications because if people really want to seek benefits, they've got to, they're forced out mm -hmm. for those eight hours. Yeah, interesting. And now around the voluntary plan, what does, th what does that clarification look like? Essentially, they clarified that an employee can only receive benefits for PFML from one voluntary plan at a time. So if the employee qualifies under more than one voluntary plan, like for example, if it's a healthcare worker who has moonlighting for a different organization, they can only collect benefits under one voluntary plan and they would collect under the plan where they have worked the most hours. Would that apply to if they, for some reason, were covered under, let's say they were covered under a state plan and maybe their other job had a voluntary plan? So they did not specifically address that area, but I would guess that they would collect under the plan under which they work the most hours. Okay, because I'm sure that's gonna come up. We know there's a lot of people that are working more than one job. Yes, right? and there's a lot of open questions with interaction. Even the knowledge, how would one employer have knowledge that the employee was moonlighting somewhere else with a voluntary plan? That's gonna be a bit of a tricky area. Yeah, isn't the state, state being the state of Washington, aren't they building some kind of a database or a reporting system very similar to what employment security looks like that would track and maybe feed into that? Yes, they're definitely building out reporting. Okay. Um, they're gonna require quarterly reports for premium purposes. And I would anticipate that on some of the claim paperwork, they're gonna be asking these type of questions something that employees are going to have to really become relatively knowledgeable about if they're going to file a claim, right? Yes. Because one of the senses I came away from this morning in hearing about how the claims process might work, it's written in a way that assumes people understand this stuff, right? Yes. It's going to be an interesting transition. It'll be very interesting. And, and one of the lessons that we're experiencing right now in the state of New York is the first year of PFL in New York had relatively low incidence, and now we're in our second year of the program and we're seeing incidents pick up, and we think it's knowledge, employee yeah. knowledge of their rights. That would make sense. I mean, I think there are a lot of people right now who don't realize that there's a premium coming out of their paycheck. They haven't noticed the difference. If they're not paying attention to the news, they might not even know if they're yeah. in here. That's true. Any other interesting lessons from New York so far? In New York, one interesting lesson I think we learned is an administrative community, so the community of insurance carriers who are administering those benefits. Initially, I think there was unsurety, there was open questions about some of the provisions of the law, and so I think we were approving a lot more claims than we legally were bound to approve. And so I do think that the claim administration has gotten a little tighter and more to the letter of the law as we've had certain questions answered. Do you foresee some of that being an issue here? I do foresee that being an issue here. I think there's a lot of open questions. You know, one of the things we had 
we've talked about is that big ships move slow. <laughs> and you know, I work for a large company. We plan to be in this market. Rulemaking in Washington is still underway. So there's six phases of rulemaking. We've only had phases one through three finalized. Phases four and five, the draft rules are out, but they're not finalized, and phase six has not even been released. And so the longer we wait on those rules, the less able we are as a business to build our mousetrap, essentially, you know, for claims administration and the processes we need to be able to tightly manage claims. And and really, logic would say that if you can't do it, the state can't either. But we're going to start <laughs> administering claims January 1st, right? I will say, you know what, I'll say something positive about this. the state regulators. They came to an industry conference recently, the okay. Disability Management Employer Coalition, they spoke, they did a panel, and they handed out their cards after. And so they're available to hear questions. Can we post those phone numbers on our <laughs> website so people can call and ask? <laughs> You're optimistic. I like it. I try to be optimistic too, but then there's the reality piece. You know, we're in the middle of all this rulemaking and decisions and making something so much more complicated than what it needs to be. You've got employers that are trying to figure out, you know, what are we going to do with our business and how is this going to impact our people and our bottom line. There are some serious concerns from business owners about, you know, how many people are they going to end up having out on leave and how will it be validated? Yeah, and I think those are legitimate concerns. And and I've seen the state try to take actions to mitigate risk, particularly to small employers, by making grants available for employers with 150 or fewer employees in the state. But it's definitely going to be a serious impact. It's going to impact benefit structures. It's going to impact the amount of time new parents take after the birth of a child. So, you know, there'll there'll be serious implications. Do you have an idea of when they might finalize all six phases? So I do. Um, They've actually published the timeline on the website. And I cannot remember for the life of me right now when Rule 6 will be finalized. But there is a date certain that it will be out. Okay, hopefully prior to 1 1. Yes, yes. I, th- I actually <laughs> think it might be like November or December okay. of 2019. Lord but they'll be finalized okay. by January 1st. Just in time. Yeah. yeah. Well, which, you know, would lead me to, you know, we'll probably need to do another follow up to the follow up yes. at some time during fourth quarter because I think as everything unfolds and as we all learn things together, there's just going to be more questions and you know, more need for some help. So what do you advise employers to do today? It's June. It's early June. It's June. This is what you can do right now. You can sign up for notifications from the ESD website. And if you haven't done it, yeah, definitely do that. Yes, do it now. They're publishing things like employer toolkits. There's information out there. So sign up for notifications. Decide if you want to file a voluntary plan as an employer. So we've seen some employers do that who are paternalistic, who want their people to only file a claim one time to one place and have it be relevant for applicable FMLA time or short-term disability. You want to become familiar, as familiar as you can be, with the rules that have been published to date in the law. Um, And then once the poster is posted, and I will say the state's going to publish a worksite poster, you want to make sure you make that part of your new hire packet and you want to put that on premises. And you want to give that notice to anyone after 1-1-20, if somebody's out for seven plus days, 
and they're not on their honeymoon or their vacation where you know that where they are, you want to give them the notice of their rights. So when should that notice start going into their employee materials? So the state is going to actually publish the notice okay. on or before January Got 2020. It. So I would say, you know, if you sign up for the notifications, then you'll hear as soon as it's available. And I would start including it from that point forward. Okay. So those are some, you know, good next steps. And of course, if you do have questions about some of these other pieces, Propel, we, we've been at this for a while. We are regular students of what's happening in our industry and things that impact employee populations and this is something that we can help walk you through. Is there anything else that you would say watch for it or I guess the other good question would be can we expect to see a solution of some kind from Sun Life that would work with this? Sure. So we are frantically working on our solution. <laughs> we're. I will say this. We're frantically but thoughtfully we working like thoughtful. on a solution. Okay. So we're not going to have that ready for 1-1-2020. So we're encouraging most of our clients to go into the state plan, at least initially. We're working with our actuaries to understand pricing implications, and we hope to have a solution for the market 1-1-21. Okay. So do you have an idea about employer size that you'll work with, or is that undecided? It's undecided as of this point, but I will say under the Washington law, you can establish a voluntary plan for medical leave or family leave or both family and medical, and we intend to have a product that captures both family and medical or one or the other. Okay. Um, so, we, you know, we want to have a product that fits our clients' needs regardless of what size they are. And make it simple. I think yes. simplification is going to be a huge, I think it's going to be a big demand yes. song we can all sing together. Yes. <laughs> How do we do this? Yeah. Okay. Well, I appreciate, as always, your expertise. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate being able to talk about this area of the law. Hey, we need all the help we can get. And you and Marjorie both have been so helpful in breaking things down that are really complicated into some ways that we can all listen and learn. We appreciate your delivery and uh, appreciate your partnership here and helping our clients and help us keep up on what the heck is going on <laughs> <laughs> um, so until next time uh, there will be more updates we'll work to keep all of you up to date on paid family leave whether it's in washington oregon or across the country and your benefit advisors here at propel insurance can help and you can certainly reach out to us or let us know and we'll come out to you. And with that, I'd say we're signing off and thanks for checking into the checkup today.